made my purpose of life that particular thing in which I faced the setback and adversity? Or is the purpose of my life just simply to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to glorify the magnificence and greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to serve and help the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So to connect oneself with a broader purpose, a broader mission, a broader identity, which gives a person perspective. And then the broader perspective will give a person, inshallah, that motivation and inspiration that they have to persevere. They have to be steadfast. They have to carry on. Otherwise, if we get lost in the particularities of this world, indeed, every particular thing in this world, the world itself, Allah SWT has described in the Quran al-Kareem, that it's an abode of deception. And the mata'ud dunya, everything in this world is khalil, is but a trifling. And also, it is also mata'ul ghurur. It is also the abode of deception, delusion, illusion. And so, sometimes when we reach deeper for the ultimate purpose of our life, this can help a person to have sabr. The second thing, that can help us to have sabr is to do shukr, to be more grateful for the many blessings Allah Ta'ala has given us, to be grateful for the fact that the setback could have been even worse, to be grateful for the fact that the enmity is not even worse, to be grateful that our failure could have been even worse, to be grateful that our sins aren't even more. There's so many things that we can be grateful for. Then some third thing is that sometimes a person, you know, like that first example I said, that when they don't have sabr, they even in their iman, they start getting bitter with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then they should think that, okay, if you want to pursue this line of thinking that Allah ta'ala is angry at me, or Allah ta'ala is taking it out on me, so just ask yourself, that couldn't, if Allah ta'ala have been more angry with you, if he's taking it out on you, couldn't he have taken it out in a much more intense way? Obviously, Allah has might and power, and he is the being of also ghadab and wrath, and also punishment, zu and takam, that if Allah chose to afflict us with his wrath and punishment, we would be leveled. We would be completely obliterated. Even if Allah chose, not even these attributes of wrath and punishment, but even simply if Allah chose, to apply his attribute of adl, of justice on us, not tempered by his rahman, his mercy, but rather his unadulterated justice, and even the just treatment that Allah Ta'ala would mete out to us due to even just a single sin or transgression would be outright obliteration. That we're not even worthy of living, of existing, because we are nothing more than the creation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We live at his pleasure. We live out of his given, only in his permission. So then a person will then realize that, okay, on the one hand, it did appear to me that Allah SWT is punishing me, but then a person realizes that how merciful Allah Ta'ala is being by not actually punishing me or devastating me uh, as befits me and my reality and also as would befit Allah SWT majesty and justice. Then another thing a person can think about is what more they could lose. So sometimes a person will feel, I've lost, I've lost my passion for deen, I've lost my interest in ilm, I've lost my regularity in zikr. And yes, definitely, this should be, this should disturb a person, this should make a person sad. But then we should also think that what more could I have lost? So as an example, 
we were mentioning the people coming back from Hajj. Although we make dua, we have husnizan, we have hope that everyone who's returned from Hajj has remained steadfast and has been able to preserve all the khair, uh, all the virtue and good that Allah SWT bestowed upon them there. But those of us who've been on Hajj in our lives and others who may have been on Umrah in their lives know, and anyone who has spent Ramadan in their life knows, and fortunate reality for the vast majority of us is we're not able to preserve everything. We're not able to maintain or persist in that state. So unfortunately, may Allah protect all of us and protect everyone, but there will be a number, Allah cannot say it is minority or majority, but there will be a number of people who already have returned from Hajj maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, and they're feeling that they're in loss, that I'm losing, I'm losing the passion I had there. Okay, so now reflect on this, that what more could I lose and then realize how much Allah Ta'ala has protected. You know, when we go back to our regular worldly life, our regular worldly routine, maybe we would have just lost everything. So yes, maybe we don't have, we've lost a particular craze or passion or dynamic motivation. But Alhamdulillah, we still have our Iman. We're still trying to observe the Fard. We should still... Uh, you know, we still have belief in Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We still have love and passion for his sunnah. Well, that is another thing that a person, let's say, who's come back from Hajj can reflect upon because, alhamdulillah, part of that broader journey would have included ziyarat to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam going to Medina Manawra. So yes, a person might feel, okay, I'm lacking in my sunnah akhlaq, my sunnah adab, my sunnah morals and manners and behavior since I've come back. Maybe I went on hajj and I was able to beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness on the plans of Arafat, but there were people I'd hurt before hajj or again I find myself hurting people after hajj, so I've clearly not made amends or I've not fixed myself in this manner and I'm far from the sunnah path of forgiving and sunnah path of gentleness and sunnah path of kindness, but still think that Handa, you have a memory of standing in front of Rosa, you have a memory of being in Medina Manawra. Imagine if you lost that also. Imagine if you lost all sense of being and direction. And then real, so on, on the one hand, do shukr that I haven't lost that, but then also be scared that there's so much more I could lose. Another thing a person can think when they came back from Hajj, because this was one of the aspects of Hajj, that they did rami, uh, they yeah, casted pelted, rather let's say pebbles, at the pillars and columns and walls now that represent shaitan. So a person should keep thinking like that. Then what did Allah subhanahu wa want by making me go through that exercise? Well, one aspect of it is that Allah Ta'ala wanted to put in my heart a desire to defeat shaitan, to be victorious over shaitan, to not allow myself to be overcome by shaitan, to not let myself be prompted by his basawis, by his whisperings, by his insinuations, to not ever, ever, let myself be one of the shayateen, min al-jinn wal-imf, to be from the shayateen, from humanity, that I do his work, or I, I serve his bidding, or I'm actually bringing about devastation in ways that he would want. And sometimes that itself can be a motivation to have that patience, perseverance. But if nothing else, I will persist and continue. Why? 
just for the simple reason I can't let Shaitan win. I can't let Shaitan be victorious over me. I cannot lose to Shaitan. Allahu Akbar. It can also be a motivation. Then, another way we can think, is it okay I've fallen to the spiritual low, I become distant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so then normally a person will start thinking that means Allah ta'ala is not happy with me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased with me, but then think now, what's my way out? So there's one way out would be to return to all of those good deeds, all of that amal, all of those ibadat, but the person says, but that's my problem, I'm lazy, I have apathy, I'm disinterested. So okay, there's another way out. There's another way to get that belovedness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that mahbubi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's to adopt the path of sabr. To patiently persevere, and at least, so the, the first step in this is to restrain oneself from slipping further. To re, that's also a meaning of sabr, restraint. So to restrain oneself from slipping further. To restrain oneself from falling deeper into sin, to restrain oneself from getting even more lazy in Ibadah, to restrain oneself from missing even more dhikr, to restrain oneself from hurting yet another person. That's also a type of summer. And if we do that, and then we just offer that to Allah Ta'ala in dua, that, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, I was not able to worship you in the way that befits you. I'm not even able to worship you in the way that in my own life, once upon a time, you inspired me and guided me. Even now, I'm not able to worship you, even in maybe some sunnah ways. This is how negligent and neglectful I've become. But at least, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on this day, I waged a fight and a battle against my nafs and myself so that it wouldn't slip further, so I wouldn't fall deeper. Accept this act of mine and make it a means of you uplifting me and raising me. But sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts a person through these tests and trials in order to humble them. And this is actually more true of the tests and trials in deen. Because tests and trials in dunya is just part of dunya. It's part and parcel of the worldly life, whether it's financial loss or whether it's uh, ill health. Uh, all of these things will happen to almost everyone in this world. But sometimes what a person doesn't understand or in some ways and almost very sweetly and innocently, they take more personally and they take more to heart when they experience a loss or a decline in their deen because they don't understand. And then they feel that, you know, why did Allah subhanahu wa allow this to happen? So then another way we can try to zoom out is to think about the akhirah. Actually, Allah Ta'ala has created me to live forever. Allah Ta'ala has created me for the eternal abode. Allah Ta'ala has not even created me for this world. Allah Ta'ala has not even created me for this life. So all I have to do is focus on the eternal abode. So even if I say subhanAllah once, that is going to plant so much for me and earn so much reward for me in the eternal abode. So has Allah Ta'ala let me decline in my deen so much that I can't even say subhanAllah once? Am I so lazy or I have so much apathy in my deen that I cannot even say subhanAllah once? Am I really, have I really fallen that low? Yes, maybe I cannot read as much Quran as I did once upon a time or pray so many nawafl as I did once upon a time. And this is actually the benefit of light zikr. The light zikr is in some ways the easiest or the most accessible, the most khafif, uh, the lightest, uh, 
way to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a single subhanallah said like this as a plea to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a cry out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a casting out of a rope and a yearning to connect back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even a single subhanallah like that, which just takes a state professing the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his perfection, uh, is something that can bring a person back onto their deen. So this is also something to remember, that even if we are deep inside a pit, one of the eases, one of the yusr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in deen, it doesn't require a deep effort to get out of a deep pit. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses, he may even take a small effort as a single astaghfirullah and take a person out of a deep uh, pit and a deep morass that they have found themselves in. And so then it's worthwhile to have that patient perseverance. And the reality is, is that if a person doesn't remember these things, it's very hard to live, it's hard to exist, it's hard to subsist without patient perseverance. It's very difficult. This is why there's so many verses in Quran Karim, so many Ahadiths. And it, now if you look at another source, the lives of the Anbiya, that Allah SWT made them go through so much trial and tribulation. Allah SWT made them adopt so much patient perseverance. Then if you look at the Sahabah Quran, then you look at the lives of the Muttaqeen, Siddiqeen, Salihin of this Ummah, you will find it recurring, recurring, recurring theme. But it doesn't mean that just because we have a difficulty in our life that this is, we should read that yes, it's because Allah has destined us to become muttaqin, salihin, awliya. No, no, no. <laughs> That's only if you have the patient perseverance that they had and ultimately have the taqwa that they had and do all, have all those sifat and attributes that they had. So this is uh, something that all of us should reflect upon both those who may have been returning from Hajj and those of us who are not able to go this year and generally in this path of Tazkiyah and this path of purification mutually reinforce one another in summer learn and, and that what does that mean to both that also means at times we will be learners we'll be needy of company needy of people needy of inspiration to get sabr and at, and at times we will have to provide that same solace and comfort and guidance to others and it's both sides and the person who doesn't to do this though also the person who never in, helped others to have sabr may not find others to help them to have sabr at a time of their need so if somebody is hearing this talk tonight or whenever they may hear it at a state in their life where alhamdulillah things are going well and they're drowning in the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the path of sabr for them is to find someone who is struggling and to do amal on this tawasso sabr to help that person to reassure that person to give solace and comfort to that person to be a solid rock of support for that person and then inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be that support for us when we need him may Allah ta'ala make each and every one of us from his sabirin mahbubin wa akhir da'wana and الحمد لله رب العالمين